Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Let me just first say, um, Sam, what Sam was saying up there, just, if you saw me in the back, I was literally losing my mind, because it was 100% confirmation of what I felt like the Lord wanted to do tonight. So just be so expectant, because the Lord is doing something good up in here. Okay. So, how many of you guys were here last August? So, how many of you guys have never met me before? Who has never met me before? What? Okay. So, I'm Maya. Um, I go to school in Texas, like Pastor Chris was saying. But last August, I preached a message before I went to Bible college. And I talked about a crazy story of my, of being a kid. And how I was a rebellious child. Did a lot of things I shouldn't have, you know? Um, so the sermon illustration I used last time was I gave away fake invitations to a fake birthday party. Awkward, I know. So tonight we're going to go back and we're going to hear another story from my childhood days. So I have three siblings. They're my best friends in the entire world. Um, we got along most days, some days not so much. But as kids, we grew up pretty much, my mom was like, go in the backyard, play, I'll see you in 10 hours. So we would spend all day outside together doing sports. We would build like stupid things in the backyard. We'd go running through the neighborhood. But the best part of the day was coming home and having like an amazing home-cooked meal by my mom. She's literally my superhero. She has four kids all year apart and she's still like living and like somehow did it. So she's amazing and as kids, we always wanted something great for her birthday. And her birthday always fell so close to Mother's Day. So all of us were like, we're gonna do something great for our mom, but when you're five and six, seven, there's not much you can do. So my mom, being the amazing woman she is, was like, you know what, I just want a mud pie. Which is literally just us making mud in a bowl with like rocks and leaves and like sticks. And she was, she loved it. We put like a flower in the middle. She would, she adored those things. We were, my brother and I, my older brother Jordan and I were like, you know what? Like we're, we're grown up. Keep in mind, we were six and seven. We're like, we're growing up. We're gonna make, we're gonna do an amazing birthday for her this year, right? And a week before we discovered there was baby bunnies in our backyard. I know, cutest things ever, oh my gosh. But at this point, they weren't that cute because they were like newborns, they were like, look like little rats. So we open the thing up and there's baby bunnies in there. And my mom goes, kids, do not touch the baby bunnies because the mom won't come back for them. And then she goes as far as to say, what would you do if I didn't come back for you? So we were, we were shook, we didn't know what to do. So we were like, okay, so never touch these bunnies, under no conditions touch these bunnies. So my older brother and I were like, you know what? Autumn and Will, you can go make your mud pie. We're gonna be the favorite children. So my brother got up at 6.50 one morning, on my mom's birthday, on a school morning. Got up 10 minutes early so that he could go and help me make her birthday present. So I sneak into his room, and the way that his room was set up at our old house was you could slide down the garage into our backyard. Super convenient goes out, slides into our backyard, opens the nest, grabs my mom's gardening glove, steals the baby bunny. I, of course, am like, I'm like, make, make eye contact. I run downstairs, unlock the garage, unlock the back door, all stealth, go downstairs. 
We get in the garage. I grab the box. Meet him at the door. We put the baby bunny in this box. It now hits 7 o'clock. Mom's awake. It's her birthday. Autumn and Will have nothing prepared. Jordan and I, obviously, we're going to be the star siblings. Knock on my mom's door. She's like, hi, guys. We're like, Mom, happy birthday. And we have this box in our hand. Now, the second she saw the box, she was thinking, my kids brought mud into my home. <laughs> Little did she know that a mud pie was the least of her concerns, unfortunately, because we had a live bunny in a box. Um, this baby bunny was probably having a heart attack right in front of us. Jordan and I are screaming, happy birthday. We put no holes in the box, no grass, no water. We just like threw a baby bunny into a box. So we get to her door. She goes, what do you guys have for me? Thinking that we're about to like throw mud on her walls. And we go, happy birthday. Whip the box open. This baby bunny attempts to jump out. So Jordan slams the box in its head because obviously we can't have this baby bunny running through our home. So my mom is like, I'm going to kill my kids. Like definitely had the right intentions, of course, like the right heart in it. But when I look back on that day, I always think, what was she thinking, you know? Like, would she have viewed it as a gift? How would she have reacted? And I always think this woman put through, was put through way too much with us being kids. Um, when I was three, I brought her a bouquet of flowers. Um, what I thought were flowers, um, it was poison ivy. So, yeah. We had, we had a lot of rough times, you know? Like, I just didn't know. My heart was in the right place. That's what I always tell people. So I always thought, would she have looked at that as, oh, their heart was in the right place? Or would she have looked at that and been like, my stupid kids brought a bunny into my house? Of course, I talked to her actually a few days ago and asked her to replay this for me. And she's like, your heart for that. She's like, I wanted to cry the fact that you would literally go out and get me a live animal for my birthday. She was, adored it. But I want to look at the idea of a gift tonight. And I want to read from Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7 in the voice translation. And it says, hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams. A child is born, sweet breathed, a son is given to us, a living gift. And even now with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. His name, his name will know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Everlasting Father, Ever Present, Never Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring such prosperity as you've, as you've never seen before, sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. He will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity, always. The intense passion of the eternal, commander of heavenly armies, will carry this to completion. So I'm calling this message tonight Christmas in July. Have you guys ever heard people say Christmas in July before? So this message is called Christmas in July. We've got slides going up there somewhere. Um, so can I pray for you guys really quick before we start? Lord, I just thank you for this message. God, I just thank you that this is something that is obviously on your heart, Lord, that you've put on my heart, Lord, that you put on Sam's heart during worship. Lord, I just pray that you would invade our lives, Lord, that we would leave this place changed, we would leave this place saying we encountered the man Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your son. I thank you that we have complete and total access to him. I just pray you would plant seeds in our heart that you would water them, Lord. 
it would push us to go and bring people to Apex, bring people to you, Jesus, for encounters with you. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We honor Apex and we honor the staff at this place and the hard work and the dedication that's put in. And we honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. So from my vast experience with gifts, as you can tell, um, I've seen three reactions I'm going to use um, to parallel to the Bible today. So the first reaction is you open and use the gift, right? That's kind of obvious. So one of the best Christmases I can remember was when my grandparents got my siblings and I an Xbox Connect. Does anyone know what that is? It's the best thing ever. Because you didn't have to use a remote. So I just stood in front of that thing, and it was like swipe. And I was like, and I swiped, and it like didn't need a remote in my hand. I thought we were living in like the year 3000. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. So the second we opened that thing up, my brothers were connecting it on our like plotting a username for like a gamer tag. I think that's what it's called, a gamer tag, right? <laughs> plotting a gamer tag. Like we're getting all ready. We were hyped to have this gift. So as we're getting this gift together, my mom is like, guys, like that was the first present you opened. Like there's still a ton of other gifts for us to open, but we had gotten caught on that one gift. So in verse five, or verse six, sorry, it says, he is a living gift. So the gift that we have been given is a son making his home in us, in crazy, unstable people. The gift is not having a lawgiver in you, it's having a lover in you. The gift is having someone guide you through your life. It's the son who came for you. And when I think of someone who took the gift of God, and used it. I think of Peter in Acts 3. I think of Peter as a crazy, unstable, lunatic man sometimes. He went from cutting a guy's ear off to denying Jesus. Like, he was a mess. And that's before the moment we're going to talk about tonight. And the moment that happened in between was in Acts 1 when Jesus is leaving the earth. And he says, I'm going to give you the promised Holy Spirit. So the thing that changes him is the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The power that lives inside of us to this day. So when we get to Acts 3, um, the Lord had just redeemed Peter so much and so far. And Peter and John are walking to the temple, and he sees a man who's lame. And Peter's first reaction is Peter immediately... What? Oh, sorry. Peter immediately gets up and he's like, that person is not how they should be. He says, I have a gift inside of me and I'm not going to allow it to stay dormant. This gift was not given for just me. So if you guys remember anything from tonight, definitely don't give your mom a live bunny for her birthday. She will not like it. But the main thing is this gift is for more than you. It's not just about you. So you see in Acts 1, Peter goes through this whole thing with getting the Holy Spirit, getting power. And then we move on to Acts 3. In verses 4 to 6, it says, Peter and John looked straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. So what Peter realizes is that he has a better gift inside of him than that man was expecting. He says, I'm going to exceed your expectations because that's the kind of God that we serve. So I want to look at this man's reaction for a second. He's looking at um, Peter and John, and he's saying, I'm looking for a temporary thing. I'm looking for something 
that will get me by the rest of the day. He was just, he was out begging for money to supply for his needs. And what Peter and John were saying is, I have something better for you. I have something that's going to last longer, something that's going to change your life, that's going to make you able to walk in boldness. Because as he's begging, that was his occupation, if you want to call it that. He wasn't able to go to work. So what Peter and John are saying is, I'm going to give you a gift that changes your whole life, that changes your status in this world. So I look at that and parallel it to when I got my Xbox. I went to school the next day and I was like, hi, teacher, can I use the PA system? I need to announce to everyone that I got Xbox Connect so that everyone knows what I have and what they don't have. But what I think is that I wanted everyone to know how cool of a gift I'd gotten. And I want everyone to know that my grandparents gave it to me. Like, I had the coolest grandparents in the entire world. And I wanted everyone to know that. And what Peter was saying is, this gift the Lord has given me is full of power, authority, and love. And what I find so cool is that this man starts begging, and they're captured by the sight of him. So the Bible says that they're just going through life, and they're captured by the intention of someone. And I find this so... Um, critical to, in our lives is that so many times we can just be walking through life and the Holy Spirit will say, hey, you see that kid that's like four lockers down? You know, he couldn't afford breakfast today. Why don't you just give him that five bucks that's in your pocket? So when we open and use the gift of God, we have access and we have complete authority, like Sam was saying today during worship, to go to that person and say, hey, I feel like the Lord wanted to give you five dollars. If five dollars is what wins someone's soul, like how, how, like the Bible says, like how much is a soul worth, right? Like imagine if all you have to do is give $5 to someone and that person is one to the Lord. It would absolutely be amazing. So after this, they make a scene, of course, and they're confronted by the crowd. And Peter testifies to what happened and 3,000 people get saved. So back to Isaiah 9. Look at those words they use to describe him. They call him a master of wholeness. And that is who our God is. He is a master of wholeness. That's what he did for this man. And time and time again, I see this trend of Jesus interfering with our lives, interfering with how we expect life to go, how we believe religion should be. And he comes in, he crashes in, and he challenges what we think and exchanges it for his plans. We can come running down to an altar and give our lives to the Lord and then wake up the next morning and go to look at that website, go to talk to that friend, and the Lord can say, hey, that relationship is toxic. Hey, that website causes death to your soul. And now we have a choice of if we're gonna view that as a gift or if we're gonna view it as an inconvenience. And we can look at that gift and say, hey, this gift, it embarrasses me to even look at. You know those gifts that come in like beautiful wrapping paper? You're like looking under the tree and you're just like eyeing that gift. You're just like, I'm gonna open that gift. It's gonna be the best gift I ever received. And then you open it, and it's like, I love grandma shirt. And you're like, this is awkward. This is not what I was expecting. So it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, I mean, it's like nice, thank you. But it almost becomes an embarrassment to you. So the second present I want to look at is open, unused, open, rarely used gifts. So this is a present that when your grandma comes to town, your mom's like, your grandma's five minutes away. You like whip that shirt on because you know if you show up in that shirt, she's gonna be like, honey, you love your shirt. I love you even more. Like, you think it buys you credit with your grandma or you're like, she's like, oh my gosh, here's some extra money. I love that you wear my shirt. It buys you like brownie points, you know? So I call this gift to relate it to Christianity, the yeah, I own that gift. The yeah, I'll go to heaven gift. It's the gift, I have it, 
but no one else will ever know about it. No one else, it will never be displayed. It will never be talked about. It's not something I'm proud of, if that makes sense. So when I think of this present type, I think of Nicodemus. How many of you guys know who Nicodemus is in the Bible? Okay. So Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was a Pharisee. And Pharisees and Jesus had a lot of issues, a lot, a lot of issues. Uh, the Pharisees did not like Jesus. They were very religious, very uptight, and they felt like what Jesus was doing was coming against their religion. So Nicodemus is going to Jesus, and what I love about this is he goes to Jesus at night. So basically what he's trying to do is he's like, I'm going to get to Jesus, and I'm going to get what I need, but no one's ever going to know about it. I'm going to have, it's about me. That's what I call this gift, the it's about me gift, because that's what it becomes. It becomes the what do I get out of this gift? How is it going to benefit me? Will I get to go to heaven? Will I get, you know, spiritual blessings? Will I get healed? Whatever it is. So I get it because honestly, there's time and time again that I've been sitting on an airplane. When I was coming home for spring break, I sat next to this guy and he just started spewing his life to me. He was like, yeah, I got kicked out of my home. My mom doesn't want me here anymore. You know, I have to take this, like, this is a last-minute flight. My buddy gave me $100 to get drunk last night at the bar in the airport, slept on the floor. And I'm sitting next to him, and I'm like, the Lord was like, you need to love on him. And I was like, I'm about to get punched in the eye if I say your name. I was like, I'm not doing it. This guy, I have my headphones in, trying to ignore him. He goes, do you want to watch a movie with me? On his phone. I was like, sure. Didn't know what else to do. I had a two and a half hour flight. So I'm like, sure. Watched the movie with him. Turns out in the end, I think it was called The Cobbler. Turns out in the end, the dad had been there the whole time as like this mysterious guy. And I was like, I was like, Gloria, I know I have to say something. Like the flight, we were like landing. I was like, I was like, I can't get off this plane and not say something to this guy. And I was like, isn't it so cool that that's just like the Lord? Like, like our dad has been there the whole time. And he was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. The door opens, I whip my backpack on, and I go running off the airplane. I was like, this guy's about to chase me down. Comes off the airplane, and he was just like, thank you. And the thing is, I never know where that led to. I have no idea. He could still be out at a bar right now drinking. Or he could have left that airport and said, you know what? Like, I just encountered Jesus. My dad has been there the whole time. I haven't been abandoned. You just never know where those things are going to go. And I just want you guys, I don't want this to be like a weight on you, if that makes sense. I don't want it to be like, if you don't share Jesus, your friends are going to hell and they're all going to burn and it's your fault. Because it's not, like that's not what it's about. It's about a love, when you receive that kind of love, you can't, you literally can't help but share it with someone. When I got that Xbox, I was like, oh my gosh, who wants to come play Xbox with me? Who wants to come play with me right now? Like, because it's an, it's an overflow, it comes out of an overflow of your heart. So... People are looking around this world and they're like, oh my gosh, like we need answers. And the Lord is looking for people who are say, raise their hand and say, over here, the answer to suicide, it's Jesus. The answer to depression, it's Jesus. The answer to divorce, it's Jesus. The world is looking for answers. At any point right now, the world is looking for someone to say, where is the stability? Where is something that can remain constant, that won't change, that won't fail me? And... I want you guys to remember that it's not about you. It's about other people. It's more than about you. It goes beyond you. The Lord wants to do something not just in you, but through you as well. 
So I kind of relate it to someone giving you the cure for cancer. And you're like, this is great. If I ever get cancer, I'll be sure to drink it. Not like, oh, you know, you might, you might need this inside of me. It's, oh, if I ever need healing, I'll be sure that, you know, we become real close then. But it's when it's a day-to-day -day thing, that's where the present, the gift is not being used, the way that the Lord, the, the way that we have access to. And I honestly, I know the fear of public speaking. You might not think I do because I'm speaking right now. But in high school, you could not pay me a million dollars to do this. The teacher would ask a question, who wants to read, you know, paragraph two on page 40? I would have, I would hide under my desk. I would do anything to not be called on. We'd do popcorn reading. I made sure I was not looking at anyone because I did not want to read. I had a, like a devastating fear of public speaking. In public, someone asked me a question. Like I go to the store. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Like I could not speak to people to save my life. And now I go to Whole Foods down in Georgia every single day if you get coffee. And my barista and I are becoming best friends. She's Muslim and we're like, we're like talking things out because the Lord, the Lord will use those who are willing to be changed for him, if that makes sense. If I say, Lord, I'm a willing vessel. If you wanna use me for public speaking, use me for public speaking. And you know what, honestly guys, the Lord does not need a ton of people like this who are like, preaching or who are super extroverted. If I was to greet at a church, at some churches, I'd be like, hi, how are you? Tell me your name. Tell me your life. Where have you grown up? How many siblings do you have? Are you married? Do you have kids? What are their names? Like, I just want to know everything. Some people would be like, I'm leaving this church. You crazy lunatic. Some people need someone who's just like, hi, how are you? Welcome to church. Right? Not, not everyone wants someone who's crazy, extroverted, and loud all the time. So the Lord gives us different gifts for different things, and it's our job to just take those and submit it back to the Lord. I acknowledge this gift is not mine. I acknowledge that my introvertedness does not mean that I can't be a public speaker, and my extrovertedness does not mean that I can't be calm and reserved when the Lord has me do that. So the last gift I wanna talk about with you guys is an unopened gift. So think back to Christmas, birthday, whenever. And you look at the table and you saw from whoever. So fill the blank. It could be like, from Aunt Judy. And you're like, I'm not opening that. So think of someone who gave really bad gifts. Like someone who just never knew what you wanted, never knew it was like in style, just kind of gave you whatever they thought was like good. But it really, it was not a gift that you wanted. It was a bad gift because it came from that person. There was an association with who it came from and the worth of that present. And we can look at that present and be like, I'm not even opening that because I'm gonna be disappointed. I'd rather just stand here in my preconceived notion of what I think that gift is gonna have than actually open it and have the chance of being let down possibly. So it's super easy to be like, God, I, ex I don't even expect you to come through. I don't even expect anything good to come from this because I know the kind of gifts that you give. I know the kind of things that you have put in my life. So I wanna look at um, John four with the woman in the well. So this is verse eight to 11. And it says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink? Jesus replied, if only you knew who I am, and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give to you living water. The woman replied, 
but sir, you don't even have a bucket, and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestors who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? So when I read this, I really felt the Lord was saying that the words of Jesus to the woman are still being spoken to us today. If you knew the gift that was inside of me, you would ask for it, you would desire it, you would open it up, you would use it, you would be abundantly blessed by it. And I also feel like the woman's response to Jesus can often be our response, where, he, where she says, do you think you are greater than whatever? So we can fill the blanket and be like, Jesus, do you really think you're greater than the gift that I can provide myself? Do you really think you're greater than the life that I have right now, the pleasure of life I have right now? So I believe the woman's response can often be, can often come out of pain, can often come out of, I've had to provide for myself. I've had to stick up for myself. I've had to defend myself. And Jesus is so patient and so kind with us. Like I was saying before, he's not a lawgiver, he's a lover. And when you get in relationship with someone, they can be so patient with you. Like, you know what, you wanna take a step, I'll take a step with you. Those are the best people to be in relationship with. Where they, you say, you know what, like today, I just need to sit on the ground. We're gonna sit on the ground, I'll sit on the ground with you. You wanna walk, I'll walk, whatever it is. God is so, so patient with us. And sometimes I feel like we almost can label something God and it's not even God. We can put a label on it, oh, this is from God. And really it's from the enemy. So I want you guys to read the label again. When words come to you, when fear comes to you, when shame comes to you, those aren't things from the Lord. Someone could come to you and say, hey, you know what? The Lord gave me this word for you. He said, because you're still struggling with depression, you're not trusting him enough. And you know what you say? You say, that word is not from my God. You say, I test, the Bible says to test every single word. So I test that word and I say, that does not line up with who my God says he is. My God says that he dances over me. Zephaniah literally says that he dances over me. He is patient with me. He is loving. He is kind. So check the label again. Sometimes that's why we can have issues with the gift that we think is Jesus. Because really we've been given a gift of religion. And that's not a gift at all. The gift of Jesus is love, is patience, it is kindness. Too many times we've been told by someone, hey, you know what? Like, this is just how it's going to be. That's not, from, that's not from God. The Lord does not speak words of fear. He does not speak lies of condemnation to you guys at all. Let me tell you, that label completely screams from the enemy. So I want you guys to look at every single word that comes to you. Every single thing that someone, if someone gives you a word, it's like, I have a word from the Lord. Doesn't mean it's from the Lord at all. I can go make up a word right now and say, you know what? The Lord, he's telling me that you right there, that you need to quit your job. Imagine you go quit your job. That's not from the Lord. Not every single pastor, speaker, people, we're humans, make mistakes, right? So not every single word is going to be from the Lord. So your feeling of feeling let down is valid. I, I want to validate that tonight, that if you feel like the Lord let you down and you feel like you opened up your life and you opened up Jesus and it wasn't what you expected, I really get it, trust me. I understand what it's like to think, oh my gosh, this amazing gift is going to be, Jesus, we're just going to like walk in daisies all day and we're gonna like, it's just going to be love all day. And the Lord's like, hey, I'm going to correct these things that you're doing in your life. And you're like, 
mm, this is uncomfortable, like I'm uncomfortable by this. We tend to pull back from those things. But we have been put on this earth to break chains. Like Sam was saying, it's inside of us. We have that authority. This is who Jesus is, but this is who we are too. So I want to read, let me scroll back up. I want to read that passage from Isaiah to you guys. I want to read it in what I'm going to call the Maya translation. So just listen for a second. It says, "You." I'm going to make my own translation. So this is not a real translation for anyone goes saying anything. You are the hope of all hopes. You are his dream. You were a child born. You were a gift given. And now with tiny features, you are great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority rest on your shoulders. Your name, you are a counselor. You are mighty. You are ever present. You are never failing. You are master of wholeness. You are prince of peace. Your leadership will bring prosperity. Your leadership will bring peace. You are promised from God. Nothing in this earth can shake you. You are the commander of heavenly armies. Now, I'm not saying all of these things, obviously, are, this wasn't a translation. The Lord didn't, like, speak this. But that, like, that's who we are because we're heirs with Jesus. Like, we get to sit up there with Jesus and we get to be called his. Every spiritual blessing is ours. Everything that the Lord has for us, we have full and complete access to. So let's scroll on back down to the end. So if you've been hurt or wounded, or feel like this was what was called a present has called pain instead, can I ask you to check the label? Because Jesus is not a giver of bad gifts. Jesus only does good. And I stand firm on the word that all he does, all he is, is good. The gift has more answers than you know. The gift has more healing than you know. If you haven't opened this gift, if you've ignored it, if you're like, that's, that's going to cause pain. That's going to cause trouble in my life. Can I just invite you to just open it and just see the journey the Lord takes you on and just know that he is what Isaiah says. He's ever present, never failing. He's a mighty God. And if you've opened it and it's kind of just sitting there, can I encourage you that there's a lot of people who need what's inside of you. There's a lot of people who are desperate for answers, desperate for healing, desperate for someone to say, you don't have to do this alone. That your family may have failed you, but your father will not fail you. And if you've opened it and you're using it and you're sharing the Lord, can I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? What people in my life need the gift that is inside me? What gifts have you put inside of me that you have called me to spread? I was talking to Mackenzie a few months ago, and she was like, oh my, like, you know, like, I don't know what to do with college and like my calling and all this kind of stuff. And in that moment, I didn't know what to say because I was like, you know what? Like, I messed up, not messed up, but like, I was heading one way with college and the Lord completely changed it. So I was like, you know what? Like, I want to give you steady, firm advice, but I can't. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he was like, You're, everyone's calling on this earth is to just love me. If you chase after the Lord, he makes your path straight. In Acts 22, um, Paul says, the Spirit of the Lord has prompted me to go. But the thing is, he wasn't like, okay, Lord, where are you sending me? 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 He was just like, I'm going to love the people right here. I'm going to love you, Jesus. I'm going to love my people here. And then the Lord's like, here's your next assignment. So your job is to make Jesus famous. Your job, your calling is not necessarily ministry. It's not to be an amazing business owner. It's simply to love Jesus. And it's simply to do 
the commandments that he has given us. It's simply to just realize that we don't have to do this alone. It was never intended for us to carry the weight. We've been given a gift in Jesus. The answer is in the box. And you are needed. You are so needed. I wish that I could spend uh, like an hour talking about how needed you really are in this generation. There's not one person in here that the Lord hasn't put on the earth for such a time as this. He could have put you when he was on the earth. He could have put you 50 years ago. But how I look at it is if the earth is being shaken and there's, you know, the sky is falling and everything is not how it's supposed to be, there's chaos on the earth. The Lord has put mighty warriors to conquer that chaos because the Lord does not let a problem arise without a solution being to come up even stronger. So you guys are so needed. You're such a gift to this earth. You're such a gift to the people around you and even people you may never meet. And I want you guys to remember tonight, it's about more than you. Can I pray for you guys before you go to small group? Okay. Lord, I just thank you for this message. God, I just thank you for the love you have given us the gift you have given us in Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would just burn this message in our hearts to love on other people. Jesus, to trust you once again. Lord, I just pray for every single person in this room who feels let down, who feels hurt. Lord, I just pray you would bring healing to those wounds. Jesus, that you would just speak into every single pain, every single hurt. Jesus, we love you in this place and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Students Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.